Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 1st, 2016. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are on currently on page 66, the second paragraph. And today's uh, readers are, we have... Uh, Rita P. on the 12 Steps, Janice M. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text, we have Mary K. W., uh, Judy F., and Linda R. Overeaters, and, uh, oh, I should say the reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, May 31st, is 8789. That's 8789. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a, a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering, recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Rita P. if she'd be kind enough to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Rita P., a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Arkansas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Rita. Okay, now let me ask uh, Janice M. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 Traditions. Yes, I will. Good morning to you, Larry, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
True for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive old eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, <clears throat> pardon me, every OA group ought to be fully <clears throat> self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Janice. Okay, let me tell you how our meeting works. Uh, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep our, your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. So today we're going to resume our uh, study of the big book, and we are on page 66, starting with the second paragraph, which is, uh, if we were to live, we had to be free. That's the second paragraph on page 66, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, uh, first paragraph for context. The second paragraph will, is, is what we're going to focus our comments on. And with all that mumbo jumbo, let me now ask uh, Mary K.W. to begin our reading. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. This is uh, Mary K.W. from upstate New York with a bit of a frog in my throat. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, glad for the opportunity to, to share and serve this morning. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. 
They may be dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. We turn back to the list, for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoers of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. The great paragraph. Um, a year ago, I hadn't even opened a, a, a big book and because um, I didn't come into the rooms until in June last year. I'm coming up on a one-year anniversary of Excuse my... Excuse me, what page did we read? Okay, well, sorry for that interruption. And uh, I do... Can someone tell me, me on what page are we at? Absolutely, absolutely. Let me do that. So we're on page 66. And we're yes. starting with this, the second paragraph, okay? Okay, I'm so sorry. Bye. No, that's okay. Hey, it's all good. All right, thank you. <laughs> go right ahead. So here we go. So a year ago, I had not even opened the big book, uh, because, and I didn't know about a 12-step program. Um, I've learned so much in these rooms, uh, and and the um, I'm so grateful for for my, my abstinence and recovery anniversary coming up. Um, the, I look at these words, and we turn back to the list, and, and what I learned in the fourth step uh, process that we're still talking about here was this was really different than any self-analysis I had ever done. The, um, that fourth column in the fourth step uh, with my, the directions from, from my sponsor of, of following the directions very specifically, I had never really looked at what my part was in all those resentments. And I have learned in these rooms, resentment means re-sentiment, re-feeling. And I've learned through this program and through, through a conference um, that the healthiest thing to do when, when resentments come up, because they will come up again, is to, to give it over to God and to our higher power and give it to our sponsor or someone else and then don't give it away anymore. And because of every time we tell the story, we're refueling the story, we're refueling resentment and we actually refuel it as well. It keeps it burning. So how important it is to, to learn this step and, and to learn this part of the step that the resentments must be mastered, but how? And through these rooms, and through this work, um, specific directions in the big book, I have learned how to deal with new resentments as they come up or as God reveals them to me because not everything made it into the first fourth step. I didn't take a year to do it. I took, I took a, a, probably about three weeks, and that's even longer than some people would say to do it. But I, it, I, I've learned that God keeps revealing to me new resentments or old resentments that I wasn't ready to to deal with then. And now I through the through recovery and working these steps, I have the tools to work with those resentments as they come up. And I just uh, I, I, I'm thankful for this program and for the recovery that it's given to me spiritually, emotionally, and with physical results now as well. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed absent day and I pass. Thank you so much, Mary Kay. Okay, here I go. Let me wait. Hold on a second. Let me get my pen ready. Okay, who would like Sally. to share on what was ready? Sally. Sally. Do you see Sally. the Anna, 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 Anna. 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 Anna.
Okay, tell you who I got. Um, and I know I missed someone, so you can call me with your 10-step turnaround. Um, all right, I got Sally. I got Vivian. I heard Bella. I heard Melissa. I heard Maureen. There's someone between Bella and Melissa. Yes, yeah, uh, from Massachusetts. It was next to uh, R. Uh, someone from Massachusetts. Who's that? This is Sher- Sherry. Sherry. Okay. Yep. Sherry. And then I heard Nessa. Who else did I leave out? Tina S. Rachel W. Tina and Rachel. Anyone else? Okay. Let's let's hold it there, if we could. And uh, let me give you the order, which, um, again, you can call me with your 10-step because I'm sure I'm creating a resentment here. But I got Sally, I got Vivian, I got Bella, I got Sherry, Melissa, Maureen, Nessa, Tina, I see Rachel. All right, so that's who I have the first round here. And um, I'm going to mention before we get started here, because um, you guys don't know this, but the moderator gets beaten. Leah beats us with a stick if we don't mention this. So Simon says, everyone mute your phone except okay. the speaker, which is going to be Sally. Everyone else press star one except for Sally. Thank you so much. Now I don't get beaten. All right, Sally, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, Larry, and I just want to applaud your incredible hearing skills. I didn't even hear my own name (laughs) as I spoke it. After the first half of my name, my name disappeared into the crowd. (laughs) So I'm really impressed. Um, Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally Day in South Jersey, and I think that this is a really powerful uh, paragraph. There's some really key things said here. We turn back to the list, and they're talking about our resentment list. We started our fourth step. So now we're looking at the list, for the list holds the key to the future. Yeah, this holds the key to the future because now we're not going to be focusing on the past refeelments anymore, resentments anymore. The key to the future, because once we deal with this list, we're done with the past. We're going to be living in the present. Hopefully, we're not going to even live in, in the future. We're not going to live in the past. Because the past represents refeelments, resentments, and the future represents fears. But the, the key is we're going to learn how to live in the moment, in today. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. It's like I put a, a camera to my face, and I'm going to go and look at it from, I look at that list from a totally different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. And this is really powerful for me today because I was, I'm far too concerned, even today, I'm far too concerned with, with the world and the people, my children, what you think of me, what they think of me. I'm far too concerned about what other people in the world think about me. And it dominates me. Even today, I'm still, I'm still seeing how the world and what you think of me and what the world thinks of me dominates me. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, most likely it's fancied, had power to actually kill us. That's the truth. That because I see in myself today that I'm still so concerned about what my children think about me and that it, it kills me. It actually has power to kill me. How could I escape this? We saw that these refeelments, these resentments must, there's one of the 72 must, must be mastered. But how? How are we going to master this? We could not wish them away any more than we could wish away 
the food. And this is this is really powerful stuff in my life because I'm seeing every day I see new layers, deeper layers of resentments that resentments I've even I've I've dealt with in the past that I that are resurfacing on a deeper level that I'm still holding on to some of these and and I'm grateful that I have a God that brings them to my attention. Thanks for letting me share. And somebody's still not muted. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you so much, Sally. Okay, so what we're going to do... You guys can unmute yourself at the appropriate time. So um, we have uh, Vivian next, followed by Bella. So Vivian, good morning. And Vivian, go ahead and unmute yourself if you would. By pressing star one. Can you hear me now? I can. Hi, Vivian. Uh, what page? Sorry. What page? I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Um, page 66, we uh, are commenting on the second uh, paragraph on page 66. Vivian, your turn. Good morning, Larry. Thank Good you morning. for your service. This is Vivian M. I'm a compulsive reader from Vermont. And um, I just never, ever realized that I had all these resentments. I mean, I just thought I just ate because... I just, I love to eat. I just love food. I just love the feeling, the taste, the flavor, the consistency, just all that stuff. I just thought I was just one of those people who just loved it. And that was that. And I had no idea. I had no idea the reasons behind it. Uh, But I knew one thing. Um, Every time somebody said something, I hated them. And every time somebody looked at me the wrong way, I resented them and I wanted to get back at them. I never acted on it because I internalized it. uh, And that way I could eat some more and justify it, you know, because I had this whole thing figured out, except I was walking through the world like 150 pounds overweight. And um, I just had no clue, no clue whatsoever. And I had read the book and I'd been through the steps, but I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand the language. I couldn't relate to the alcoholic part because I was a compulsive eater. I never drank. Um, So I was really confused and I was very, very resentful. And um, I had no idea that it was killing me. I knew that I wasn't alive, though. I knew I was dying, but I didn't realize that this was what was doing it. And uh, I didn't know that it dominated it, that dominated me. And I, and I wanted a way out. And then finally, I started praying. I was praying every morning uh, not to eat anymore because I knew if I stopped eating and if I got thin, which I have gotten thin a few times in my life, um, just so I could celebrate. And, you know, the second I got to my goal weight, I just, that was my reward was to eat again and gain it all back. And it was this horrible, horrible thing that I was doing to myself. Uh, and again, I never thought it was me that was doing it to myself. I always thought it was somebody else. And I had resentments, so many resentments, and I had no idea how to master them. But I did wish it away. Every morning I would pray and wish uh, that this time it would be different. And it said, pray, and God will remove these things. And so I would pray, and I would say, just today, please take this away from me. Let me not just window shop in, in that refrigerator and pick up everything that I go to that refrigerator a hundred times and whatever crazy things I would do that normal people wouldn't do because I always do it when nobody else was home so they wouldn't see me. So I knew there was something wrong. I knew there was a great deal of shame. And I, again, never understood that it was my part, that it was my behavior that was doing this. I always thought it was because I was the victim of everybody else. And um, I couldn't wish it away. It just never worked. So when I when I 
came into a vision for you after many, many years in a way of gaining and losing and losing and gaining. Just, just the, the, the roller coaster ride of resentment and anger and frustration and all of that stuff was up there. I, I finally listened and I heard what some people were saying and I heard that something different in their voices. I didn't hear anger and I didn't hear resentment. And so I just, I just keep sticking around because this is working. This is really working. And I get to see that you being humble is not humiliating. I always got those two confused, never, never knew the difference. And I'm just learning every single day. And I have still have resentments. Oh, they, they, I can get triggered, but I, I have a place to go today. And, and so with that, I just want to say that this really works for me. I'm so grateful to be on the line this morning. And I just need to say, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I have to tell you, it's 7 o'clock, 7.20 in the morning, and I'm driving to the pool to do exercise in a bathing suit, for God's sake. Thank you, God, for the recovery I have today and for uh, whatever self-love I've been given through the grace of God in this program. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Vivian. Okay, we have Bella followed by Sherry. Bella. Thank you. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We turned back to the list, for it held the key to the future. Wow, it's such a wonderful, powerful sentence. Yes, before the program, I was miserable. I had not only one list. I, I had a whole notebook of of people and institution, institution and everything that made me angry and nervous and upset and disappointed. Thank you, thank you, God, now that I am leaving the steps and I am doing the steps. Yes, I have the key. I am powerless, and yet I have the, the power to choose. And today, thank you, God, by being connected to a loving power, <clears throat> I have the key. I have the power to choose, to choose the way I want to live. And today I, I, I want to make the choice to live in the present, not to live in a resentment in the past and not to live the future with anxiety. Today I want, I have the opportunity to live the present without fear. And yes, I went back to the list because I am a fear-free person. And yes, first of all, I want to be aware that I am human and I have resentments, but I, want, I don't want to chat, to choke. I want to live. I want to live in freedom. So yes, I have a list. I, have, I am human. I have things. People that make me nervous and angry. But now, thank you, God, I have the tools what to do with them, not to live in this feeling. I have the opportunity, the key. I have the choice what to do with all those feelings. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Okay, we, next we have Sherry, followed by Melissa. Sherry, good morning. Good morning, this is Sherry, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Um, I love this first part of step four. Um, 
this for me, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't afford to be angry. Um, I had, you know, 30 years or, you know, 50 years of anger that I wrote down on my resentment list, you know, of all the people that I was resentful at and um, in the uh, principals and the institutions. And, um, you know, I, I filled up some notebooks the first time that I had done the process, and um, and I ate again, and it wasn't because I didn't do a thorough fourth, but because I did not do a thorough 10, 11, and 12. I was not working those latter steps in my um, daily life, so that's why I picked up again. Um, the second time that I did, you know, this, this process and, and was writing down my resentments, um, it wasn't quite as big because I had covered them the first time, but... Um, this really um, means a lot to me. Um, I, you know, didn't get this part at the beginning that, um, you know, anger is, is but a luxury for, um, for, for, the, for the average person. And I always thought, why can't I get angry um, just like that, you know, somebody down the street? Why can't I get angry at, at my neighbor just like the other neighbor does? I can't. That's, you know, that's but a luxury for me, I cannot get, um, you know, riled up, and that's why, you know, um, we have uh, 10, 11, and 12 to work in our lives, and, um, you know, this morning, my son, he's a teenager, and he missed the bus, and he was going slow, and I must have reminded him 20 times, and, um, to, you know, to get going, and then, you know, he missed the bus, and, um, you know, I can't afford to, to, you know, in the old days, I would flip out. And, um, you know, I can't afford to do that today. You know, um, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm, I'm a spiritual person today. And I have to take care of, you know, I have to take care of Sherry. And part of taking care of Sherry is not um, doing that. So I quickly went to God and asked him uh, to help me with that situation. And that's what works for me. Um, but this is a luxury of normal men. It's it's not for us. It's poison for us. Um, and but today I am free of anger, and and it's only because of this process and these steps in God. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Sherry. Okay, we have Melissa next, followed by Maureen. Hey, yo, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa, recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and. Um, you know, I, I couldn't master my resentments any more than um, I could master the food. You know, and that's really what I wanted. I wanted to be able to um, enjoy a resentment here and there, much like normal people can enjoy a piece of birthday cake. But they're both lethal for me, you know, and um, it's real clear I know it completely with the food. I've seen that experiment blow up my face again and again. Um but it's taken me longer to see how dangerous resentments are. And, um, you know, and so how how can it master? Not by me. You know, it's by, I have to put up the white flag. Um, and so when people piss me off, and, um, and I'm human, so I get aggravated like everybody else. Um, I can't nurture that. I have to... Um, put up the white flag. I, I have to, like, surrender to it, just like I surrendered um, to my to my addiction to the food. I, you know, I can't play around with it. And so, you know, uh, whether it's at work, there's a lot of craziness at work, and people start off um, 
venting. You know, venting is, uh, to me, like a bag of potato chips. It starts off um, like I'm just going to do it a little bit. I'm going to get a little relief and a little satisfaction. But it takes on a life all its own. And then I, I'm I'm crazy. You know, I'm star crazy. And so, um, you know, in my job, I'm part of the union. And thank God that there are other people who are better equipped to perhaps um, be angry and and make their voices heard. I am a compulsive overeater. What I have will kill me. It is not a luxury for me. I cannot play around with that. And so to other people, it's okay if I look weak. I can live with that. What I can't live with is this disease. You know, I know it's going to kill me. And so... What other people think of me, um, I'm going to place it in God's hands. I have to do my part. Love, tolerance, patience, that's the way that I can live. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, we have Maureen next, followed by Nessa. Maureen, good morning. Maureen, go ahead and press star one again, if you would. Hi, my name's Maureen. Compulsive overeater from New York, recovering. Good, good morning. Um, really grateful to be on the line, and thank you, Larry. It's gotten always so much from your shares. Um, page 66, we turn back to the list because it, it, it held the key to the future. Um, for me, it was, it was a reference point in getting into uh, the next couple of steps. Um, it was a foundation um, from which I was going to allow my higher power to change me because, because frankly, I couldn't. I mean, left to my own devices, it's ugly. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it is, you know, the character defects are almost, you know, like an old pair of shoes that I slip into every morning. And... Uh, and then I realized that I have to take them off and try something new. I have to look at it from a different angle. And the different angle for me is that I don't have the dubious luxury of of continuous anger. Because you know, I really do feel that anger is a part of um, human emotions given to us by our higher power. And at times in my life, it has directed me um, in ways that were beneficial, um, provided that it wasn't done without my higher power and without my sponsor and without discussing it and writing about it and using the tools of the program. For me, it's the refeeling of it. And I liked what someone said. If, I, if I'm continuously telling the same story to several people, I'm not letting go of anything. And I'm not ready for God to remove certain character defects from me. Anger is the number one offender. Um, So it does come in handy with the eighth step, too. (laughs) I mean, it does set me up for my side of the street. Um, What is it that I'm continuing to do that is hurting myself and others? So it's really very simple. It's a very simple inventory. 
Um, what's not simple is realizing powerlessness, the coming to believe that a power greater than myself could extricate me from that insanity and then making a decision that I'm going to allow that process to continue um, one day at a time. I need to allow, submit my ego, smash my ego so that I can allow my higher power in to do the job. I can't move this stuff. I've tried. I've pulled my back out many times and went back to the food, trying to move this stuff. I don't have to move it. I have to pray. I have to become entirely ready. So, that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, Maureen. All right, so we have Nessa next, followed by Tina. Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. Uh, Larry, I think it's impossible to have resentment towards the uh, moderators because you guys do such a tough job getting everybody's names and keeping us in line. Um, Thanks for your share. (laughs) (laughs) So the key to the future, that to me... Um, felt change and um, you know this means to me um, things are going to change little did I know that it was actually going to be me who was going to change you know I've been trying to change things all my life and here you know um, it asks a very good question but how how are are things going to change how am I going to change I mean before I I I went on to the following pages I I didn't realize it was going to be me but Luckily, um, the following pages throughout the book give me instructions how this is going to happen. But there's also instructions before as to how this happens. And maybe they're prerequisites, but they're they're also instructions. You know, in page 27, it says, um, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of life of these men, are suddenly cast to one side. Then page 46 says... um, you know, we have to lay aside prejudice. Um, page uh, 50-something says, um, you know, we have to uh, let go of our old ideas. And so I got to put aside all the preconceived notions that I have, not only about myself, but about how things should be. You know, um, the thing should be my way in order for me to be happy. That I can only rest satisfaction if, um, from life, if I manage well, if uh, my little plans and designs come to fruition. I, I gotta put all that aside and away, uh, actually, not even putting away, totally discarded. Um, and I actually gotta put away my desire um, for. Um, others to justify my resentment. I mean, I, I spend my life in self-justification and self-rationalization. And now when I started doing this before, I wanted the same thing from, uh, from my sponsor and from whoever would listen to tell me, yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Continue to stay sore. You're absolutely right. You know, everybody else is wrong. I got to put all that aside. And once I put all that aside, then I am free to to really look at the list from a different angle, which is just total focus on myself, and um, which is the key to the future, the focus on myself. And with that, I pass um, and have a good day. 
Thanks, Nessa. Okay, we have Tina followed by Rachel. Good morning, Tina. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. You know, first, the previous paragraph, I just have to mention this on that. It said, if we were to live. So by the time I'm at step three, I've already made a decision that I want to live. You know, I want to live now. And so if I want to live, then I want a future. You know, and prior to that, that was not the case. You know, and I definitely had to look at it from an entirely different angle. You know, looking at myself got me nowhere. Got me a seat in Overeaters Anonymous and several other 12-step programs, you know. And, and it's, I love this part. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us 24-7, 24-7. These people were play, renting space in my head, you know, doing all this stuff. I, and I couldn't live. I really could not live. And, uh, you know, and I like it also said fancy to real. I had a lot of stuff going on up in my head that was actually not playing out in my life. You know, and, and, and this stuff was going to kill me. It was going to kill me. So there were some things that I had to do. There was some work to be done. And I have to say that because when I came here, I didn't want to do anything. I wanted stuff that just happened for me, you know. And through the process, through the process of doing some work, some stuff changed. And what changed was me and my reactions to life. And, and, uh, and so this stuff had to be mastered. And the only way that I know how to do that, because I know that OA and AA and the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous does not have a monopoly on God, but it works for me. You know, is to invite a God in and to go through the rest of the steps. And so blessed, so blessed. I love this meeting. And uh, with that, a pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. Okay, so we have Rachel, and then Judy F's going to read the uh, last paragraph on page 66. Um, Rachel, good morning. Good morning. This is Rachel W. Recover Compulsive over to calling from New York. And um, thank you for your survey. And, uh, you know, this paragraph is telling us that. Um, for alcoholics, these things are poison. And I know for myself, you know, um, my anger, especially in binging um, with the food, the food magnifies every emotion. And I remember, like, throwing chairs. I mean, it was insane um, in my binge while, while I was binging. And, um, but underneath it is all the fear and all the resentment. And underneath that really is a question I live by every single day, which is, who do I become when I don't get my way? You know, and and today, you know, I do have a different way of living and today things do still come up, but I do have a process I lean into in um, steps 10, 11 and 12 that I, I live in every day um, because I'm not fooling myself that I'm not still like that in some measure. However, you know, there is the ego deflation process that that happens. That's just miraculous that I can actually respond to the world in a different way. And um, and, you know, I, 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 um, I remember in my fourth step, I used to have these crazy resentments like um, anyone who parked like an idiot was like on that list. And I was thinking to myself, that's kind of broad, you know, and I thought to myself, well, have I ever parked like an idiot? You know, was I ever in a rush and, and I parked myself over that line, you know? So, so by the end of, um, by the end of the, of uh, the fourth step, you know, it, it I came to, you know, the realization that my, you know, my problem wasn't that the, the defect, the problem was so big in my problem was that the concept of God was too small and I had brought along with me into my fourth step and I bring God into everything now, but, but, you know, I, I had brought God in and, and here it was. And I was at the end of my fourth step going, well, where do I go from here? You know, all this stuff that's out there. Um, obviously it's, it's a life of insanity. Where do I go? And, and thank God I was led to um, an even larger spiritual base where I can, you know, realize that everything, every person is in God's hands, you know, everything out there, 
you know, there is a master plan to the universe that does not involve me, uh, that, that, that does not involve what, what I want it to do. And um, it's just a completely different way of living. It's living in the opposite. Um, and living, and I'll just send off by saying this, that living, changing myself and, and living in the opposite with one person has had a domino effect for all my other resentments. So when I continue this process, it just flows into other areas of my life. And I'm really so grateful. And thank you, everyone, for being on the line today. And have a great day. Take care. Thanks, Rachel. Okay, Judy F. is going to read to us um, the first paragraph, excuse me, the last paragraph on page 66. Judy? Good morning, Larry. Judy F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everybody. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. Oh, and good morning again. Let me just um, set my timer. Okay, here we go. This was a real transformative paragraph for me, the um, the prayer in it. And um, before I get to that, um, though we did not like their symptoms, which is um, column two and the way they disturbed us, so the causes was the symptom, their symptoms, because I was always focused on them. And then the way these disturbed us is column three, how it affected me, how it disturbed me. So now we're moving into column four. And before that, uh, we have this very powerful prayer. And for me, this is what set me up that uh, started to melt my self-righteousness, my my selfishness, really um, thinking that I was wronged, and it started melting that so I could see it from a different perspective, God's perspective, the truth. I had been in my perception, which is was um, a, a dishonest way of looking at things because it was based on self, and um, I, and this was powerful for me, they, like ourselves, like me, were sick too. So I am spiritually sick, and, and I, I continue to be um, unless I'm connected to my higher power. And so um, this, uh, my sponsor asked me to, before every time before I wrote um, the column four, which we're going to get to, to pray this prayer because it started to change me so that I could look at my own selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and fear. I needed that help. I couldn't just look at myself. I remember before doing this work, uh, I heard a lot in program, um, look at your side of the street, um, look at your side of the street. And I would look at my side of the street, and I'd say, well, well, I'm right. I mean, (laughs) they're wrong. Um, And this is what helped to change me. It wasn't me doing it. It was God. Through prayer, I could then look at the situation honestly and my and what my part was, what, where I 
started, I added to it where I continued the resentment. And what, um, and yes, they might have done something wrong 99.9%, but if I had that 0.1%, that's what God wanted me to look at, and that's what was going to give me the freedom God would be. And in that prayer, God saved me from being angry. I cannot, just like I can't handle my binge foods, I can't handle anger. It will lead me blocked to my higher power and back into my disease. And this really is, um, not only is it called, was called to me the uh, spiritual, where I go, Um, the uh, sick man's prayer, but it's really the freedom from resentment prayer for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy. Who would like to read, or who would like to read, who would like to share? Judith R. Okay, I got Judith. Irene. Edimi. Leah M. Leah. And maybe one more. Suji. Suji. Okay, let's see if we can we can fit. I don't know, Sue. We'll we'll see how it goes. All right. Um, Judith R. And if you guys would be kind enough to uh, press star one to mute, except for the wonderful, magnificent Judith R. Judith. Oh, Mr. Larry, thank you. Good morning, Vision. This is Judith Arden from Recovered Compulsive Overeater Grateful. Um, I have a note in the margin that says, calls it the angry man's prayer. And for me, that's helpful because when I call it the sick man's prayer, it's like I'm focusing on the other person. But I'm the one who's angry and I'm the one who needs the work done. Um, so I'm just grateful that I saw that and I also have a note, uh, page 552, the resentment prayer. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Judith. Okay, Arimi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Arimi, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So, oops, sorry. I have been disconnected, and I was isolated, and I couldn't do it on my own, and it wasn't working for me. And I needed to be connected, to ask for help, so I can surrender my way that wasn't working for a better way. So I no longer could rely on myself, and I had to be honest about that. I needed to be guided so I can, I can be helped to surrender all these resentments, all my fears that have been blocking me for the main, from the source, which is God. And I needed to be directed. So I had to see it in a completely different way to see it through God's eyes that others who hurt me were just as sick as I have been? Yeah. Wow. What what a gift. I now have a program to see a situation that was hurting me for so long in a different way. And I, and I have an opportunity really? to take to take responsibility so I can grow spiritually, so I can learn and do better. 
and to learn to accept and surrender and to be honest and to live in the truth. So I needed God to direct me, to show me how to do this. And they're asking me here, they're asking me to pray, to ask God for help, to surrender, and to ask that I would pray for the people that harmed me. Oh, my gosh. What a different way of seeing things. What a different way of handling my my um, my hurts. And now I was able to um, say the sick man's prayer, and I'm asking God to show me how to love, how to accept, how to live in the truth. I needed to humble myself in order to do this, and I needed him to have this shift from being and living in the false self to being and living in the true self. And for me to be able to say, bless them and change me. I, I needed to be changed. Bless them, change me. So the pray, it's, we're praying to see, to seek the goodness. We're having an opportunity to, to let go of these resentments and see it in a different way. And, um, and with uh, everyone that has harmed me, I visualize on their foreheads S-I-C-K, sick. So every time I would see them, I see that word on their forehead, and it would remind me to pause and correct them. Thank you. And I- Thank you, Arini. Leah, hold on one second. I'm going to mute the lines here. And Leah, if you would be kind enough to pop back in. Thank you so much, Larry. Good morning. Thank you. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. You know, my book teaches me that to get over compulsive overeating is going to require transformation of thought and attitude. And certainly that was <laughs> absolutely necessary because, uh, you know, my sponsor kept reminding me that the same person will eat again. The same person will eat again. So step four was the first action step uh, that a of, of the inventory process that allowed me to begin to begin to look at the situation from a different angle, to have a new vision, not Leia's vision. Leia's vision was very limited. Leia's vision was, uh, I wish life was different than it was. People are disappointing me. I'm making me very disturbed and upset, and I'm just going to binge my brains out in a very violent fashion uh, in a dark parking lot. Um, The program of recovery allowed me to get a different angle, to start looking at it with the help of a guide, start looking at it at a different angle, because my life was produced by the ideas in my mind. And if those ideas did not change and were not transformed, I was going to continue to binge my brains out. And that's why step four and this inventory process, it was so critical to do it thoroughly and quickly and quickly. The program of recovery gave me these steps to get undisturbed so I no longer needed to seek a substance outside of myself to get comfortable. And even though 
I felt that I had certain resentments that were justified. A justified resentment blocked me off from the sunlight of the spirit, just like an unjustified resentment. (laughs) Whoever I'm resenting is controlling my thinking for me. Something might have happened in 1969, but I was still basing my life and my decisions and my lack of responsibility in life on those events. And the program of recovery taught me that love and hate cannot exist on the same plane. One of them is going to have to be predominant. So the big book gave me the steps as to how to become undisturbed and to start realizing and praying, why could I not understand that these people were spiritually sick, that they were incapable of doing any better than they had done? And if people are in pain spiritually, why couldn't I understand that? And it began to start to turn my vision that it's a spiritual truth. When a person harms someone else, that person harms herself or himself and is blocked by the sunlight as well. And so slowly that resentment began to recede and some understanding and acceptance. Acceptance does not mean agreement. Some acceptance, some compassion, some tolerance, and some love began to slowly filter in. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Okay, Sue, if you can wrap it up for us. Good morning. And Sue, go ahead and press star one if you want. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. Um, Sue here from Michigan. Sue G. Um, you know, I always thought, I never thought much about what being sick, they were sick also. I just thought they meant they had their own problems, and maybe that is what it means. But I just, you know, I was reading ahead of time for this meeting, and it said we're perhaps spiritually sick. Now that I can relate to more. Um, I'm learning, the person I have the most trouble with is my husband and my daughter, and I'm learning that they have no spiritual life. They have no, uh, they have the morals of of the good morals of the world, but they also hurt people more than I've never known in my lifetime to hurt people, probably because I'm the one that's getting hurt. But, you know, I was reading through, and I can turn that around so easily, you know, in the top of 67. You know, they do not like my symptoms or the way that they, these of my symptoms disturb them. We, like ourselves, are sick, too. Not to remember that, that, you know, when I get angry or I get resentful, that I'm hurting them. I'm hurting someone else. And they don't like, and they don't enjoy it, and they retaliate. And then, of course, I think, oh, I've been harmed, I've been harmed, bad person. And then I can tell oh, but they're sick, too. Nah, I shouldn't have gotten angry in the first place. Um basically angry at cars doing stupid things, and now I look at them and say, I know I've probably done most of anything that that car driver did. And I have. And I see that person is making a mistake, the same as I've made mistakes. I will continue to make stupid, well, I mean, could be harmful mistakes in my driving or in my speaking. And so um, I love the sick man's prayer. Um I like the way it could, could be also be called the, the angry man's prayer, but sick can consider everything. 
spiritual, moral. Um, I know I'm leaving out something. Um, can't remember what the other three things are. Physical. It could be other things besides just the spiritual. And thank you for getting me in, and thank you for everybody being short so I could squeeze in. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Sue. Right, thank you uh, for to everyone, rather, who has shared. And, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And we're going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And so I would ask, uh, Linda, are you there to read 164? Yes, Larry, I'm here. I'm waiting. <laughs> Good morning. Great. Thank you. Good morning. Great meeting. Thanks for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.